The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Pat Scott. Hi, Pat. Howdy. And Father Andrew Kinstetter. Hi, Father Andrew. Hello, hello. So today we've got uh, uh, a couple very interesting segments that we uh, we always have interesting segments, but today especially there's a lot of news. It's a lot of different things. A lot of it ha- still has to do with you know working from home and a lot of the stuff that we're all dealing with in in life today. So um, that's just current events and relevant. But uh, the first one uh, segment that we have today is something that kind of surprised me when I got this. I got an email from Facebook. And it was a link to a page on their site offering a bunch of resources for faith communities that they could use in this time of, you know, coronavirus, quarantine and lockdown and et cetera. And I was kind of surprised for, because for all the the criticism that Facebook gets for being, you know, hostile to to, to um, traditional faith or whatever, politics and all that sort of stuff. This was kind of interesting. So did did you both get a chance to look at this uh, resource that they offered? Yeah, I looked through it. It looks like it was looked like they were really get put some thought into it. Yeah, I mean, it's there's some really good tips here. And it's fairly universal too. I mean, so it can be applicable of course to the to the Catholic Church, but any any religious community out there is it would benefit from this. Right, right. Uh, so the first, the, the, so they offer six steps that they that they have material on or 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 information about. And the first one is to link to the CDC and the WHO, you know, the World Health Organization. That's that's pretty good. And and that's good because we want to make sure we're, that even as faith communities, we're disseminating the correct information. There's a lot of misinformation out there, a lot of baloney. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and this that that's good. The second one is, is uh, you know, hey, here's how you could use your Facebook page to stay in touch with the community. Well, or actually all the different ways, page, your Facebook group, your email, your website, WhatsApp, Messenger, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, you can pin posts to the top of your Facebook page. You can mark Facebook group posts as announcements. These are all good tips that for those of us who've been on Facebook for a long time, you know, this is pretty, you know, self-evident to us. But for especially for pastors or or other pastoral associates who are kind of having to dig into this in depth in the first time, this could be news to them. Uh, so, so that's good. Um then they offer the you know, host worship prayer and study gatherings online. You know, so going on how to go live on Facebook. I'm sure there's information in there. I didn't get dig into it about turning the filters off so you don't get <laughs> rotating filters while you're celebrating mass. Yep. Uh, they then there's um, they talk about setting up a donate button for your videos, which is great. I think more parishes should do that. That would be you know especially nowadays. Um, and then. Uh, about creating a private group. So a public group for your church, for all your persons to join, you can also set up private groups. Like say, if you don't use Slack, you could use a, you could have a private Facebook group for members of Bible study or youth group or whatever. 
But do, do either of your parishes use Facebook groups in addition to a Facebook page? We don't. I don't. As far as I'm aware of, now mm. uh, our our pastor who is not hasn't been here that long has uh, a background in being a a, a nerd. So yeah. I'm I'm sure Good. that he will explore that at some point. But he has all, all already said he planned on doing his podcasts and things like that, and they are beginning to. Yeah, that's awesome. Once he settled in, I I think more parishes should should think about like setting up Facebook groups because a Facebook page is great for a one to many conversation from the parish outward, but a group is a many to many conversation, and it's a great way for parishioners to connect with each other. Uh, mm-hmm. And in even groups within the parish, so Bible study, choir, uh, you know, uh, and and group can be affiliated with pages. Uh, in fact, now that I think about it, SQPN could have a Facebook group affiliated with our Facebook page. That might be a nice way to get our listeners to connect with each other as well. The 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 community to be connected. So um, that's that's a really good idea. So they have a whole bunch of different different uh, things you can check out here, and then. And then you can go even further. They have like white pages for like a faith on Facebook toolkit and uh, getting started with groups thing. So uh, I would definitely check that out. So um, yeah, it's it's a, it was a it was a it was a bit of a surprise, but it's nice to see a nice bit of news that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. So what do you get? What do you all think? Uh, you know, I'll throw this out there now that we're talking about you know, th- this sort of thing. What do you think are ways we can improve our experience of the you know, as 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 this releases, it'll be Holy Thursday. Uh, so, mm-hmm. what, how can we improve our experience of the Triduum and Easter from home and being online using technology? Because we're all this is we're all in this now. This is we're all using technology. Every Catholic is now using technology to experience these liturgies of the the, the most important liturgies of the year. So, what can we suggest to people to do, and what can parishes do for the people? So, what do you think? I would, yeah, I would, I would kind of throw out, I guess, um, two different directions. Uh, one, uh, many, many parishes and most likely your parish is going to do some sort of a live stream. Um, the cathedral here is, is we've been, we've been gearing up to do a live stream. We've never, we've never live streamed, um, here before. So in fact, um, just the other day I was running ethernet cable (laughs) underneath the cathedral in the dirt to try to hook up to an access point. Um, and we're going to be all set to go, uh, for tomorrow night. Um, so obviously join in the, the live stream, unite your prayers in the same time frame as your, your parish. If your parish isn't live streaming it, there's churches all across the world live streaming. You could even join in on Rome as they are live streaming their, right. their Tritum services. So you, you know, rather than watching a pre-recorded uh, mass and liturgy throughout the entire, uh, three days of the, of the Triduum, there's a certain benefit to uniting yourself at the exact moment that it's happening within your parish. So I would throw that out there, of course, as one as one awesome way to do it. Um, and then the other kind of direction that I would take things is encourage people to to be prepared beforehand. Uh, there are many places out there. I'm thinking Magnificat um, right off the top of my mm-hmm. head has um, amazing free resources uh, that you can download um, and print out, or or even you can look at them on your computer as well. But they have the readings. They have kind of um, di- they have directions on there if you're going to lead these liturgies within your family without a priest. Um, so those are are fantastic things to have in place kind of beforehand. And then I would encourage even just during the Triduum itself to just to get away from technology as much as you can. Right. You know to really enter into 
uh, the the Holy Thursday experience, the the void that is, you know, Good Friday, the crucifixion and the, the Holy Saturday emptiness, you know, and leading all to the, the resurrection. And if we um, and and with good reason want to be on our phones, we often just forget about what's going on. And and so I, you know, do, do your best to use technology appropriately, but don't, you know, don't let it distract you from entering into the experience of the, of the Triduum as well. And I'm saying that, I mean, to myself as well, <laughs> like, <laughs> of you know, I, I've been on social media way more in the last two weeks than I think, you know, in the last month. So it's, it's, you know, it's something that's trying to, to suck even my own kind of uh, spiritual engagement. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's kind yeah. of where I would where I would take things. I like that. So you know, you you're going to be engaged with the liturgies probably via technology. So make it a point to when you're not doing that to to put the technology down and mm-hmm. and to, to and to enter into prayer a prayerful silence. Otherwise, I, I I like that idea. Pat, what do you think? What what are some ways we can? Well, uh, you know, each of us has screens that we're using, but I know Randy and I have have been. Uh, uh, live casting or, or uh, what I'm trying to think of the Apple TV thing where you can yeah, cast it up to there. Airplay. Yep. Thank you. My, my mind just yep. went blank <laughs> uh, to airplay the mass and now the, uh, the rest of the Triduum together. So it's like we are in the pew. We're just not at the church. Mm-hmm. And I know that you said that your kids followed along with the responses and the stand up and the sit down yes. and, and that type of thing viscerally, I think, adds to the experience of just not up here right. in your head. Yep. And so that's that's something I I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, there's so many meditations, reflections. There's so many good Catholic websites out there that during, you know, a time when you're not actually watching the tritium. And yes, I agree, you should be taking some a lot of time for downtime, but there are a lot of nourishing resources that are online to help you with with spiritual reading and meditations at other times too. Yeah. So I would suggest going to your diocese website or or your parish's website, but I'm gonna bet most dioceses have resources that they're linking for people to download related to the liturgies and prayerful experiences of the Triduum and Easter. Uh, I know mine mine has a bunch of stuff. Um, th- there are going to be uh, live-streamed liturgies in the Archdiocese of Boston. We're going to have Cardinal Sean uh, is going to be live-streaming Holy Thursday. Probably They're probably doing Tenebrae tonight, which is one of the uh, uh, services he likes to do on Spy Wednesday or Good Wednesday, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, we uh, did ours last night. Yeah, which yeah. is... Uh, it's an experience in and of itself, even in a normal year. So this, like right now, it's even, I can imagine how, how much Haunting. more stark that would be. Yeah. Uh, so, so, and then they'll, they'll live stream Good Friday in, in Easter Vigil. And in here in, in, in Boston, one of the main uh, network affiliates is going to air the mass from the cathedral live Sunday morning, which ne- they never wow. do. That's, that's, that's unusual. And I'm, it's, I think it's, it says there's a bit of a interest and a hunger and a desire out there that's growing, which I think is really awesome. And we in in that I think that's really cool. Um so those two things, so check out those. So one of the ways that we're kind of disconnecting, my family is, is on holy on Good Friday, we're gonna do Stations of the Cross ourselves. You know, we're gonna gather around in our in our living room probably and we'll have we'll do a service of the stations and we'll have a veneration of the cross. 
on East on the Holy Saturday at the, at the Easter Vigil before we watch the the Vigil Mass. We're going to I, I'm going to try this. It depends a bit on the weather, but I think we're going to do a little lighting of the Easter fire uh, in wow. a uh, little fire pit in the backyard if we can. If we get some candles and turn out all the lights in the house and that sort of thing. Um, it also kind of depends on whether my neighbor behind us turns off their floodlight and their dogs are out. <laughs> that might that might put a damper on things. But uh, regardless, uh, but but these are ways to kind of counterpoint the technology and the and, and get it going offline as well and and make and still making it holy. And I tell you, one thing we're doing that's technology related on Easter Sunday is we're going to be having some family uh, Zoom or FaceTime mm-hmm. or whatever we we can manage. Uh, Pat, with your family, you know, with uh, with oh, yeah, uh, yes, the Scots, yes. and uh, and then with my family, even though we're my family's close by, we're all social distancing because my parents are quite elderly, and we can't, we don't want to expose them too to, too much. So we're all going to try to do that on Sunday afternoon, and that that would be a great way for families to get together when they otherwise can't. So that's a recommendation. Yeah, I know my brother had had a spaghetti dinner for all of his family last weekend where there were four different locations around the country and they all cooked spaghetti and then sat down and ate it together with a Zoom. Oh, oh that's awesome. <laughs> and they said they had, had their wine. and That you know, is fun. Great. That yeah. is a great idea. Uh, so, okay, that's good. I think those are some good suggestions. I, I hope people have a, a beautiful experience of the Triduum and an Easter uh, and make it as holy as you can. Oh, what, one last thing I was going to say. If you can, if you have an uh, Apple TV, if you have a Chromecast or a Fire TV, try to put the this, the live stream on the biggest screen you have. Uh, don't try right. to watch it on a phone or a little uh, laptop or a tablet. If you if you can, get it on the biggest screen and make it much more of that experience uh, that that you the cinematic in a sense. And and I mean, remember, um, Pat, you made you made the comment that you're going to be, you know, standing and sitting and kneeling at the the right times. We are as as human beings, we're we're body and soul. So what we do physically helps us spiritually and vice versa. So yes. to model that rather than just, you know, kicking back in the lazy boy and, and watching <laughs> right. the, the service, you know, to to unite yourself in a physical posture is is super helpful to to, you know, dim the lights, to light a candle um, to set up your space in such a way that it's conducive to that in a in a physical sense, you're not just sitting down to watch a sports broadcast, right? But, you know, so that those are just practical things too to keep in mind. Definitely, those are those are all good. All right, so let's uh, let's move on to our our next segment. Uh, th- this one is uh, our the this uh, I'm going to call this segment our uh, as a every week. It's going to be the "Are we entering dystopia?" segment. <laughs> so uh, the answer is yes. Yeah, yeah. So the question is: is uh, the situation is more and more uh, governments and, and technology companies are working together to uh, share our tra- tracking information in order to see who's infected and who's infecting whom. That this is really the question, and. Some countries, their protections for privacy are lower than ours, but yet, you know, for in the U.S. and here or Europe, even more so. Uh, but but even there, there are some of those things. So just to mention two stories uh, right off the bat, uh, Moscow. Hey, Moscow. Thinking, speaking of dystopian <laughs> situations, uh, Moscow is launching a new surveillance app to track residents in Corona lockdown. That's the headline from NPR, and they're rolling out new tools, uh, social monitoring tools, digital ones for phones 
that people will be required. It's a mandatory app that will be required to have on their phone that will uh, track where you go, who you come in contact with, what you're doing, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and and they, they're pretty locked down. It's, it, in fact, it's very similar to what China did. Surprise, surprise. Uh, residents of, in Moscow will be required to have a government-issued QR code that gets scanned where, when they go into businesses and other places. They have to present them to police when requested. So very, uh, very scary. And who knows if, you know, my my guess is when this is all over, that it isn't going away. <laughs> Just going to say that right off the bat. But Google is already saying that they're releasing our location data. They collect location data, not just from Android phones, but if you have Google Maps on your on your iPhone, you, you, you still have data. Um, and they're going to release what data they have anonymized, they say, to track people's movements during the pandemic so that they, public health officials can keep track of, you know, where there are big gatherings and there's potential for new outbreaks and that sort of thing. So what do you think? Is is this trouble? Is this, you know, necessary now, but we have to be vigilant to, to roll it back later? What do you think about this? You know, if you can turn this off on you, I'm going to guess that in the U.S., we'll still have the option to turn off some of this tracking, at least for now. Would you ter- would you turn it off or are you okay with it being anonymously connected? What do you think? Well, I definitely resist uh, the, the that first story that you talked about yes. uh, being forced into this. I think just, uh, you know, as, as an American and, and valuing that, that uh, the freedom and the, the privacy that, that we enjoy, um, I think that that is incredibly problematic. Um, as for the Google thing, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm not even, I'm not sure what to think about it because I, I think I'm already okay with it to some degree because we, or at least, you know, the moment you buy a smartphone, you sort of already know that you're, that you're releasing some of your freedoms in that realm. Right. Uh, even things like just seeing your, the, the traffic data on your, your Google maps or the Apple maps, you can, you know, I, I know that it's using my own phone's, uh, GPS location to, to figure out whether I'm in a traffic congestion area or not. Right. And so I'm, I, I know that I'm already okay with that. Uh, so I, I think if, if for me personally, if, if we had the, the guarantee that it's completely anonymous and there was a way to opt out of it, I think I'm, I'm okay with it. Right. Um, you know, as I guess, as long as they're, they're, yeah, I, I'm still trying to, you know, I, I guess if I really have an issue with it, then I shouldn't have a smartphone. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's a right. good point. That's a good point. Pat, what do you think? I'm kind of the same way. I figure that I've given up a lot of my my privacy a long time ago. Uh, but, you know, if they're saying it's anonymized, I'm going to try to say that I, I believe that they're in good faith on this. Uh, the first story, no, I don't think that they're they're going to be anonymous and it could be turned to misuse later on. Um, I guess I'm hoping to be as optimistic I, as I can be without saying I'm a, a Pollyanna that doesn't see any any risks down the road. But I think for the, for for health purposes, I think this may be necessary for right now. 
an anonymous information to say, okay, where are there? There, here's a concentration of cases. This is the movement in and out of that area. You know, and that can help spot some trends and help spot some. Where do we need to beef up the next the next uh, defenses? Right. You know, I, I was reading another story about South Korea, and one of the things they're doing is is when you come into the country right now, uh, it in that you have to at the airport, you are uh, given you are required to download an app to your phone. You're required to register where you're going to be staying in self-quarantine. And, and that app, you have to give it permission to track your location. And they're go- they'll, they'll keep up on you. They're going to make sure you're not violating that self-quarantine. And they also, like, you, you walk through, you get your thing. They, they, they do this orientation. They pass you along. They take you out. They take you to a special place where they, the government provides transportation, special transportation, because you may be infected. And, you know, and they give you a, a kit of with a temperature swab and they, they take a, a, a swab. Uh, they, they test you. You'll get the test results back on the phone app and all this other stuff. And it's like, well, I, I'm kind of I kind of swing between. Well, that's kind of good, but that's also kind of bad. and That's kind of good. And it's one of those situations where. As long as every as long as everybody is doing things for the right reason, it's fine. It's as soon as someone else decides, you know what we could do with this. That's where the problem yeah. is. It's all it's it's not the good people who have the good intentions right. that are the problem. It's the it's the bad people who say we could take this thing that's been done for good and use it for evil. And that's where yeah. where where, yeah. where I have my concerns. But we don't we don't live in the Garden of Eden anymore. That's right. That's right. There's. I wish we did because then we wouldn't have to suspect anybody's ulterior motives. But we live <laughs> right. we live in a world that is unfortunately politicians. Broken. I mean, yes. On the <laughs> other hand, I, I don't like the idea of being suspect of everything and mm-hmm. just assuming paranoia uh, run, running rampant and and withholding information where it might be helpful. Right. You know, that's 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 also true. Yep. Right. Right. This these are unprecedented times. We've 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 heard that word used a lot, but really it is. These are unprecedented times where the old categories and the old concerns not are swept aside, but are modified. They shift. Yes, they're shifting because there are we've new got things. sand underneath our feet. <laughs> yes, no one's out there, you know, saying this is an extinction level possibility. But this is a this could be like if we don't take if we haven't taken the uh, the things the the precautions we have. This could have been really bad, and so, and it still could be. So you know that yep. that's something to keep in mind. Um, all right, so let's move on to some other headlines we have. Uh, I want to talk about. So the first one we have is uh, this has nothing to do with coronavirus. <laughs> so we'll take a, a quick break from coronavirus worries and concerns. This is uh, about Amazon, uh, and if you have the Amazon Prime Video, if you if you're an Amazon Prime member and you have an iPhone, an iPad, and Apple TV, you may not have noticed. In fact, I didn't realize it when, it when this first came up to me. But now you can actually uh, buy and rent t- TV shows and movies in the app on your de- Apple device. You don't have to go to the website anymore. Hallelujah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we're not, it's not Easter Sunday yet. I'm sorry. I, I violated the, the, uh, the, the hallelujah band. Hallelujah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I kind of want to say it because, wow, um, it's so much that that was such a hassle to have to route outward to a laptop or to the, the, the app on my phone, the separate app. And it was just a pain in the neck. Uh, 
So have you have you tried this? Have you rented? Oh yeah, yeah. How, how did have. it go for you? What's the process like? Uh, it was it was pretty easy. It's pretty much like the Apple one. I want it. Click here it is. You know, and uh, now you can set it up with a pin on your account too. Yeah. Uh, to say so that your your child won't be renting movies uh, unbeknownst to you. And like I used a, a variant of of something that uh, any my one in the household would know what it is, right. but no one outside would. Yeah, I ended mm. I ended up having it. What it required me to put a pin in, as far as I knew, but that might be because I have minors on my account. So I have a household account, and I have children in, in, on it. So that might be why it require it was. It felt like a requirement. It didn't seem like I had an option. But it was well, I, yeah, it was that, easy to and do. That may be true too. I set actually, I set a pin on my account a long time ago oh, okay. uh, uh, for the Amazon Prime app, so that I could control who. I mean, if I wanted to, I could control who watched what. But, okay, yeah. So this was this was not that big a deal. So and it was really easy to set. Amazon.com slash pin was where the was where you set the pin. So that was really good. How about you, Father? So um, I've never actually tried to rent or anything from from Amazon Prime. So I had th this new story did nothing for me. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Except for um, this must have been included in this as well. So actually in the, the past just two minutes, what I did, um, Audible is doing the same thing now. So and oh, that's that part of sense. Amazon. Yes. So I pulled up my Audible app and just uh, used one of my credits to purchase the Rise of Skywalker Expanded Edition. From the app, that, that is where I've had I've had the, the convenience issues of of wanting to get a new audiobook, having to go to the website, buy it, and then it shows up on my app. So Same thing with Kindle books. Oh. I would I would assume so. Yes, so for, the Kindle me, books would be that way too. Yeah. Yep. So for me, it was more of a I just Audible is going to be where I find that convenience factor, not in a renting a movie. So now the interesting thing is is the the, the reason that you haven't been able to do it before on on Apple devices, whereas you've been able to do it on Android, is because Apple takes 30% of in-app purchases. And and Amazon was not willing to give up its 30%. So I'm not sure what's changed. My guess is Apple and Amazon have come to some sort of agreement where Apple has cut the fee. Uh, th there used to be at odds. I remember when you couldn't get the Amazon app on the Apple TV and everything else at was all. there. And that was yeah. so, I hated that. I was like, oh, this because there was so much I wanted to watch on the Amazon app. And finally, like Doctor Who, you know, that was on there. And so finally we got it there. So I think the, the there's a detente <laughs> where we're, we're, we're finally getting along and the, the needs of the consumers is outweighing the needs of the, the big corporations. And that's that's nice to see. So I'm very happy to see mm -hmm. that. Um, so uh, let's go back to some more uh virus pro uh, programming, virus-related headlines. Uh, this is only slightly virus-related. This is more lockdown-related. Uh, Zoom is uh, listening to a lot of the criticism, and they're adding a bunch of new security and privacy measures to v prevent Zoom bombing. I mentioned last time that uh, you, there were passwords and waiting rooms available in Zoom meetings, but they were off by default, and I was saying they should be on by default. And that's what they're doing is they're turning those on by default. So uh, that's good. It, it, that way, you know, you know, if someone shares a Zoom meeting link on social media or somewhere in the clear, what happened was anyone could click to join that meeting and do all kinds of immature, childish or nefarious stuff. So it's it's good to have that. Um, and it, it was announced that the Zoom by the Zoom CEO that they're setting aside all other work. They're not adding features or anything like that. They're concentrating completely on reliability 
and uh, and and privacy and safety. So that's that's good to hear. Uh, have you either of you noticed any of these changes? Have you done much zooming? Yes, I have been. I've been helping people learn how to zoom this week, and the first the first meeting we set up immediately it, it required a password and it required uh the administrator to be able to to allow people into the waiting room from the waiting room or not oh good and so that uh that i saw immediately was a big big step um i d- didn't notice whether they had it by default that only the moderator could share their screen that was one of the big problems before but if you're keeping those people out altogether that shouldn't be as big of a problem yeah uh, and the other thing that I remember reading was that uh, Zoom had had a problem with leaking too much data to Facebook before, right. and they have said they cut that. Yes. So That's uh, that was the other thing that I, I was very impressed, in fact, how quickly they responded and that that system has not been overloaded with its, the amount of growth it's done. I was just I kept expecting it to say, oh, I'm sorry, I right. can't get in there right now. I have never had a problem. Yeah. In getting in. It may be a little bit slower, but yeah. it's nothing like being down. Yeah. Even with Skype, which historically has creaked like like an old sailing vessel <laughs> uh, <laughs> at times uh, in the past. I mean, it has not been perfect. But it's no, it's no worse than it's been, and that's that's impressive. Uh, I got to say, all of these t- uh, communications companies, uh, they're the. Uh, I got to say, right now, they're they're pretty much the rock stars of this whole mm-hmm. lockdown situation. They have all done outstanding work given the circumstances, and I got to applaud them all. From Slack to Zoom to Skype to you know all of them. Uh, I, well, I, and the backbone carriers, you know, the the uh, Comcast and and those. I mean, we could have had a terrible overload of the system. Yep, Akamai and, and uh, all of these companies that pro- and, and Amazon, who provides the the servers for a lot of the stuff that r- runs on their servers too. Yeah, oh, yeah, all of these. I mean, granted, it's not like there's a lot. I mean, well, there is new traffic because people are videoing instead of seeing each other face to face. So there is right. a lot more of that. That's true. Yeah. That's true. It's a huge amount of data. Yeah, that is true. Uh, there is a lot more data rolling around out there. Yeah, I didn't know Zoom even existed three weeks ago, and I've been on more Zoom calls in the last three weeks than, you know, just, I mean, we've been having at least one or two a week. Yeah, so Zoom has not only become a verb already in everybody's vocabulary, <laughs> yeah. it's become a generic verb, like Kleenex, right. you know what I mean? Or or aspirin. <laughs> it, like, uh, Zoom me later on Google Meet or Zoom me later on Skype. It's like, <laughs> it's amazing yes. how quickly these things can enter in to the consciousness and just become part of the vocabulary for everyone. But I I also just want to throw this out there. This is completely an aside. Uh, it's been a phenomenal tool to, to connect with the people throughout the diocese. Uh, but also we're going to be using it to, to meet as a parish council next week. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Um, yeah. we, uh, there, there are some out there who are using it to host uh, prayer meetings, um, praying the liturgy of the hours, uh, you know, Bible studies. So it's, it's not just a businessy kind of tool. Yeah. Uh, my, my younger brother is using it for speech therapy. Uh, you oh, know, awesome. so like there is just, yeah. there is a plethora of uses for this, not just right. business related. Yeah. Um, in fact, I've, I've been involved with, so I'm in, uh, involved with scouting. Uh, I recently became a merit badge counselor and because we can't meet with kids, the, the the local council is spearheading an effort where we're going to use Google Classroom and Google Meet to have 
merit badge classes online using those tools. I'm not sure. I, I, I can figure it out. I've never done merit badge counseling before, so I'm going to be like dump, double diving in as a novice, but uh, we'll see how it goes. But it'll be interesting to see. And it's just really refreshing to see we're all innovating in these uses and mm-hmm. really people adapt and they innovate and they get into it. And it's it's really fantastic to see. And I'm hoping that will continue on too, where yes. people will continue to have things where they might not have bothered to go to a meeting, but they can do this. Yes. You know, even, you know, that would be really nice if they, if people continue to keep this camaraderie going. And I would just like to say that it makes me proud for humanity too, because we, we often use technology to isolate. Yes. And right. distract ourselves. And I have seen so many people come together through technology that it's just it's it's heartwarming and it's and it's amazing to see yeah right. how we're adapting and how we're still trying to stay connected and how technology is able to to do that and help us out. And a quick tangent because you remind me of something. I would love it if after all this is done people people continue to work from home a lot more because uh, what I've seen is with people not having to go drive to an office and spend an hour in traffic each you know, in the morning and then an hour in the evening and be away from home, I see more people walking with their kids in our neighborhood than mm. I've ever seen before. It is amazing. And I, and I love the idea of families, like, you know, they're keeping their distance and all, but families getting out and being together and being, I feel more connected to the people in my neighborhood now that we're social distancing than I ever did before. <laughs> you know, I live in a, exactly. I live in a typical suburban, you know, uh, neighborhood outside of a big city, and it's just very distant. And this is bringing people together. It's amazing. So I agree. I have a, a uh, some some good good friends. Uh, in fact, it's my uh, my goddaughter is about six months old. Her dad uh, is now working from home. And a totally random, and this is probably maybe not applicable to everybody, but he he told me that he's more productive working from home, right? Because he doesn't have the random people stopping by to chit chat oh, yeah. or anything. But then he also is able to be there when when six month old Gianna, you know, needs needs something, or or mom, you know, needs something. So there, there's definitely a lot of merit to that. And yes, um, on the flip side, I wouldn't want to get rid of <laughs> coming into the to the workplace, you know, entirely either. Well, I know that uh, one of my sons, whose job is remote to begin with, uh, he has said the company has really eased up on a lot of the things like, you know, it used to be you're at home, you're in a dedicated space, you don't take time out unless you clear it with us. And now it's like, okay, we understand you're home with your family. If you've got to go out for something or you've got to jump up to take care, it's okay. Right. And that's what I would like to see perpetuated. Yeah. yeah. Well, now that the bosses are doing it, they can see, oh, yeah, that's is what we can do. <laughs> yeah, it is awesome. It, it, and, and it's amazing how good things like this can can arise out of such a bad thing. But it's good to see the, the, the bright parts of it. Mm-hmm. So another fun way to watch humanity do cool things is uh, now that college campuses are closed, the students are rebuilding their schools in Minecraft. So they're building, they're, they're putting up all the buildings. They have the mascots, the, the whole campus is there so they can gather together in, in virtually in Minecraft. I think that's kind of fun. Uh, I like that. It's, it's, it's such a, of that generation sort of thing to do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, That is cool. And it's funny. We all thought like second life, these virtual worlds that other companies would build for us would be the thing. That would bring us into the into these you know cyber worlds or virtual worlds, but it turns out 
it was like Minecraft was never meant to be a virtual world in that sense. And but it's sort of organically developed into that. It's really kind of neat. I like that idea. And some of these some of these places that they've built, like uh, Boston University, uh, University of Washington, MIT, of course, <laughs> mm-hmm. and these mm-hmm. other ones, they look really good. I mean, they, they're they really detailed. Uh, and it, sh- it shows, I think, how, how much a lot of these students, you know, are dealing with the grief of, of losing that part of their life uh, in a productive way. So in a creative way. I love that. And it keeps them interacting with each other too. I, I was reading that that article that you posted, and 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 they're able to to kind of keep in touch with the classmates that that they maybe didn't have a chance to say goodbye to as they had to go home. And yeah, and and you know, and so so that's it's a communal thing. It's not just a I'm off in my own world creating this, but it's a shared uh, virtual world. Right. This is true. This is true. Yeah. It's that. It's again. It's not about. It's not isolating with technology. Mm-hmm. We're all afraid of technology isolating us, but this is one of the ways that technology brings people together uh, in meaning. They are truly meaningful ways, even if we're not present in the same room physically. So really awesome. Uh, another one. Uh, here's uh, important. This is tinfoil hats back on again. Uh, <laughs> YouTube is going to be reducing the amount of content spreading conspiracy theories. These crazy theories that link f- the new 5G phone technology to the coronavirus i i don't understand i don't understand why people think that these are related except that 5g is something new coming out of china and they may have heard a story something about chinese companies maybe like there was a whole thing about the president worrying that huawei which is a chinese-owned company could they're responsible for a lot of the background the uh the uh the, the the backbone of of 5g that they could insert backdoors into it and, and spy on it, you know, which is a valid concern. But then connect that with, with the fact that the virus came out of China and somehow they're like, and people actually burned a 5G tower somewhere. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm happy that in one one sense that YouTube is limiting it. it what they're doing is, is that I don't know. They're not actually taking the the videos down that that claim this con, these conspiracy theories but they're limiting how easy it is to find them in searches, which is a double-edged sword because sometimes you there are legitimate, say, debunking videos that get affected because the, the stuff is all automated in algorithms. But also sometimes you, you, need, you want to find out what people are saying. You need to know that. Uh, and I'll give you an example. When uh, Jimmy Akin was doing an episode of his podcast, Jimmy Akin's Mysterious World, on Flat Earth Theory, he had a really difficult time finding what flat earthers have to say for themselves so that, you know, to let them speak for themselves because YouTube was suppressing their videos. So double-edged sword, but I think in general. Uh, so what, what do you think? Have, have you heard any of these uh, weird uh, conspiracies about 5G? and? <laughs> Not until you published or I saw the news stories. I, all I can think of is there is a certain segment of the population that they can't distinguish between a computer virus and a human virus. This is true. That, that and I think that's, you know, back in the first days of programming and stuff like that, I had, you know, people making that weird connection. Yeah. And so maybe there's just something there. There's always been fear of technology. Yeah, that's been a big part of it. I think a lot of these things are just even fueled by fear of the unknown. I, I haven't heard this particular conspiracy theory, but I've heard other conspiracy theories on this. And I just, 
kind of just shake my head. I mean, uh, you know, you can you can take it to a level that's paranoia. Right. Oh, and, what have you heard? I haven't heard these other ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've seen some of them. Uh, uh, it's it's you know it's it's a population control method because yeah. it's targeting yeah. the elderly. Of yeah, you know, like the poor. Yeah. Right. Right. So like you can just take that to a level that's unhealthy. Right. Um. You know, but take yeah, it with a grain sad. of salt. <laughs> yes. Like, come yes. on. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so just uh, keep that in mind. Uh, I'm glad to see that they're taking some action anyway to to limit the spread of that stuff. Uh, another one, Pat, you brought this one to my attention: Android Police, uh, which is a uh, Android uh, focused uh, blog. They are recommending that if you, you know if you're in lockdown and you're looking for a, a tablet to use, don't buy an Android tablet; buy an iPad. Which, frankly, yeah, I was really <laughs> thought that was funny. Yeah. I mean, just, and they gave a lot of good reasons for it too. They really went yeah. through and gave some good, solid reasons. Yeah, I mean, the the they they said while the same, you know, all the major apps are in, on both platforms, iPad apps are better. You know, they just there there are more of them. It's as an Apple user of, for a, a long time, Apple user of decades. It's in a very weird position to be in for someone to be saying, "Oh yes, the Apple platform has more and better apps." I'm like, really? That's <laughs> that's never been a thing I've felt before. Well, that's that's on tablets. They're not saying that about the 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 main right. computers, not yet. Windows or anything. But yeah, for tab tablet apps, they they have more, the better. Uh, they they said. Updates is a good one because Android is notorious for updates to the operating system not rolling out consistently and it being somewhat limited by the hardware manufacturers rolling them out to the users. Whereas Apple is, you know, is very good about getting new updates out. Sometimes a little too often because I feel like I'm. There was a time last <laughs> fall I felt like I was updating my my phone and my iPad every two or three days, which was a little much, but in general, I mean, they they get them out there, especially with security updates and, and it's easy to do. And, and that's good. And they like the hardware, which I, it's hard to agree. I mean, the screens are beautiful. The Apple pencil, if you get a, if you get one that's capable of using Apple pencil is awesome. Um, and, and, and apart from the pros, which are expensive, the base models are, are fairly inexpensive comparatively to other mm -hmm. things relatively yeah 329 and 429 yeah. for the for the non-cellular ones and you know depending upon how much memory that that the 329 is a great spot for entry level on on that right and it, it takes the pencil it can use it yes and they last forever really i mean i've got i've got some ipad 2s still <laughs> bopping around in my house that the kids use you know it's just uh, they 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 last forever uh, you know, as long as you, you don't break the screens uh, which we've done a couple of times so <laughs> but uh it, those are expensive to repair so get a good case for for your iPad if your kids are going to be using it but yeah I, I agree i agree and you know for consumption but also for creation if you want to if you draw if you want to uh you know or if you, just, you use it as like a as a kind of computer with a keyboard i mean especially now that they have uh trackpad and mouse support it it's really it's really up Take there. It off, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think back to the days when, but just before they introduced it, where everyone was saying, why doesn't Apple have the, uh, what do they call those mini laptops that they had at the time? Um, netbooks? Uh, netbooks. Netbooks. Oh. Those awful things. Apple must get it, must put out a netbook. They're falling behind. Yeah. How many netbooks are out there now? 
<laughs> yeah. Well, they're supplanted by Chromebooks. Yes. Well, the Chromebooks which are better. There. Yes. Which are better, but they're still not all the way up there. Yes. Uh, and my daughter has a Chromebook, so that's I'm not I'm not going to completely knock it. No, and I and I've got one also. Yeah. It's just that there you you run up against limitations. It definitely that, does that you don't expect. Yes, definitely does has limitations. All right, here's one that uh, this is my uh, cranky old man headline. I'm just going to be going to be be that cranky man. I don't get Quibi. I I don't understand and it may I may not just be a cranky old man. I think it might actually be the Hollywood doesn't get us, the rest of us. But Quibi, if in case you've missed the plethora of ads everywhere for it, it's a new streaming video service that's different from other ones in that it's the shows that it produces are designed to be short episodes. And by short, I mean five, ten, or fifteen minute episodes. And so, like you, they, one of their their flagship ones is this. I don't know. It's like a plane crash one, uh, starring the the actress from Game of Thrones, Sophie Turner. I think it's Sophie Turner. And and I, I don't want to watch a drama in ten minutes a day. Uh, like just as I'm getting into it, it's uh, tune in tomorrow. I'm like, no, I. <laughs> Uh, you know, and yeah. So what do you guys think? Do you get Quibi? Is, do you under, is it something you think? Well, you know, it sounds like this is pitched at the the uh, distraction oriented uh, younger set that, you know, only takes to take things in very small chunks. Um, now, there is a series that I've liked on YouTube that's, um, let me see, all of a sudden I just can't remember, Dust. It's yep. science fiction in about 10 to 15 minute segments. They're little stories. Okay. I've enjoyed them. Okay. But I wouldn't want to tell a whole novel in that or a whole story. It's they're series, intended yeah. to be like short stories. Okay. And so I can understand that part, but yeah, trying to make a series out of it? No, I can't see that. And it's it's five bucks a month. So the same amount of money you pay oh. for Disney Plus, and it has ads. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, shoot. No, there's no way I'm going to do that. Yes. Fuss. I quibble with it. Yes. <laughs> you quibble with Quibi. <laughs> Father, what do you think? So, so I'll be completely honest. I had no idea what it was until I <laughs> until I clicked that link. Uh, and and I think I I guess I don't I don't mind a 15 minute thing. I I've I've enjoyed some YouTube series that are kind of that way too. But but I think I I enjoy. I also I guess grew up with hour long episode arcs and i and i very much prefer those so i'm i'm totally with you there dom uh but what i found completely baffling about this and i'm not i i, I wasn't sure if it was if it was part of the gimmick is that you're supposed to watch this on your phone and you can watch it in landscape or portrait mode right which and it looks i found yeah. bizarre yeah. Uh and 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 they were making the point that because you have to watch and, and like it's it's a seamless transition if you turn it from portrait to landscape but uh and supposedly that I don't know helps your experience of it but but because of that you can't stream it to a a TV screen you can't right you have to watch it on your phone and even if I'm watching YouTube videos even even if I'm watching a 6 minute YouTube video and if I'm if I'm in, near my my TV I will airplay it to the yeah. TV. Yeah. And like, so I, I wasn't at all a fan or understood that why the portrait landscape transition was so important, because if you turn it to, to portrait, there's so much you're missing. landscape that you're losing. Yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, I've been watching, uh, 
Star Trek Voyager on CBS All Access. Of course. And, and, yes, it's, I am too. Yay! <laughs> and, and one of the things that I had just forgotten about until I started watching again is that it was filmed before they had widescreen. Four by three. Uh, the widescreen yeah. format. Yeah. So like even the black bars on the left and the right, I'm feeling like I'm missing what should right. be there. So, well, yeah. I, I remember I as a, a kid when they put movies on TV, like some movies are filmed in the wide, widescreen format, even when I was a kid, and then the TVs were square when I was you know, yep. at home, and when they'd show them on TV, they would do pan and scan, whereas they'd crop out. They wouldn't be black bars. They'd crop out, and the camera would move around in the scene. And I'm like, why do we want to go back to that? Yeah. <laughs> the minimum size I'm going to look at YouTube on, really, if if I've got a choice, is my iPad. I mean, I'll, I'll, I, I yeah. watch a lot of iPad uh, of YouTube videos on my iPad. I watch a YouTube video on my phone if I'm, you know, outside or, you know, if, if that's the only thing I, got, I have with me. But uh, in the doctor's office right. or something. But, but I certainly don't prefer it. And that's not it's just yeah, I, I don't get Quibi and yeah. I don't uh, I don't think anybody else will. <laughs> it's my prediction. Maybe it's like the, you know, like like Pat was mentioning, it's it's the Snapchat of this generation. Like I. Yeah, I don't get I don't get that either. Uh, yeah, I guess. Although I'm not sure. Again, Snap, I'm not sure anybody else is getting Snapchat right now. <laughs> as far as I can tell, Snapchat has not has sort of uh, declined in popularity. But uh, in any case, so that's uh, those are our our headlines. So let, let's move to our picks of the week. We got some uh, great picks of the week. I want to want to make sure we get in and we share with folks. Uh, Father Richard, I'm going to ask you to go first. What's your pick this week? So my my pick of the week is uh, a website called The Great Courses. Yes. And uh, so this is something that I, uh, this quarantine time has had me reflecting more that I want to get back into it because I have, basically it's a, it's a portal to over 700 college courses in video and audio format. So they're Mm -hmm. not, they're not free, unfortunately, but there are some that are fairly inexpensive uh, $40 or so for some of the, these courses. Um, often they will have sales where they will be decreased dramatically in price so you can get on board with them. And they offer college level courses from all sorts of fields, from from your typical math and sciences to music to uh, religion to uh, his, history. Um, there's one that I've that I've been wanting to try to get into is it's called the Everyday Gourmet where it's less or it's lessons on cooking and and how to you know uh, flavors and your you know palates and all this you know it's a lot of a lot of really cool things. So if you're a uh, as they call it if you're a lifelong learner, mm-hmm. this is a, a cool thing to to do. You can uh, you can stream these if you purchase them or you can buy DVDs. And you can learn a new skill or learn about astronomy or learn physics or, you know, American Revolution, wherever you want to go. Yep. There's so many different options. So as as we're, you know, in this quarantine time, it's it might be fun to pick up a new a new skill or, or learn some some something interesting. And there's a lot of uh, literate. There's a lot of religion and philosophy courses. Yep. Uh, there's a course on learn how to learn biblical Hebrew. That's your thing. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, in fact, uh, Jim, like I mentioned Jimmy Aiken already on mysterious world. He recommends a bunch of great courses as resources for some of the topics he does. Uh, their Egyptology stuff is top notch. Uh, my wife, Melanie has, has been listening to, um, one on, uh, languages, the, on linguistics, just where does language come from? Uh, you know, where was it by John McWhorter understanding ling- linguistics, the science of language. I think it's that one. It might be that or the story of lang- of human language. One of those two. 
it's fantastic. It's it comes from I think must have been some lectures uh, like a class he gave or, uh, but it is he's engaging. He's funny. It's not highfalutin and over your head. It's a lot of fun. Very interesting. I I totally agree. And they have a ton on sale right now. Yeah. By the way, yeah. So uh, it is it is great. And then they have a great courses plus, which is a streaming service. And there's a whole bunch of different things to to get into it. Yeah, great pick. Great pick. Pat, what's your uh, pick this week? Well, for years, I've been having the the headphones with a little wire because it's, you know, it's easy to plug in and all that. And I was with my brother and he was showing me his Bose noise canceling headsets, Mm -hmm. the quick, quiet, comfort one. And they're so lightweight and they're so easy on the ears and they're easy to set up and use. And it means I can be listening to something and get up and walk around and go get something. And and it's just like, it's freeing. <laughs> I didn't remember how freeing it was because I've got some of the little earbuds and everything else, but these these are just so nice around the ear and lightweight and my ears don't get tired. And so I've really enjoyed them. And for right now, they've got a special and I've had it for about a month now where you can get the rose gold at $100 less than the rest under the normal price mm. if you don't mind rose gold. And I figured nobody's watching me use these things, so I'm not going to be anybody giving me a hard time about having pink headphones. Well, you know, one thing is no one's going to steal them because they stand out. That's right. (laughs) Those are my headphones. And you can you can pair it if you want to with either Google Assistant or Alexa. Uh Uh, And I'm not maybe even Siri. I've forgotten because I've been playing with the different ones. Yep. And uh, and it's there. You can have two items connected at one time so I can have both my iPad and my my uh, iPhone or I can have my computer right now. It's, uh, there's another place I'm using it, my computer and my phone. Mm-hmm. And then you could you can disconnect one and connect the other a lot more easily than I have some of my other devices. Some cool. of the other devices won't let go when I try to disconnect them. And this one seems to be very polite. Oh, that's good. So, yeah. And the range is a lot further than some of my other little uh, Bluetooth uh, earbuds and stuff that I'd had. And uh, so, I've heard that they have the best noise canceling of anything out there. Yes, they're they're very good. Now, the only disappointment is, is that I tried to use them to do some some things with a microphone, uh, you know, to use my phone as a speaker for that. Yeah. And and they that's not as good okay. with the the uh, microphone on this model. Now I think there are other models that it may be better, which is maybe why they're on sale. Okay, but you know most of the time I'm using them for consuming, not for answering the call on my phone. And I can answer the call on my phone. I just have to talk a little louder. Okay. Well, as we say on Laudete Sunday and Gaudete Sunday, real men wear rose. So yes, so, ah. yes, so rose <laughs> is is an appropriate color for real men. So. Uh, so any guy out there who's worried about rose gold headphones, you're you're in good company. <laughs> All right. So I have two things I want to mention. My first is uh, I want to mention a vid- YouTube video as a sort of a tip from uh, Smarter Every Day. Destin, it's the Smarter Every Day YouTube channel. He's a huge YouTuber. He's got like 8 million subscribers. Uh, he's a maker, a tech guy. He's a sciencey guy. Great attitude. Uh, uh, Christian. Uh, although not in your face about it, but uh, I, I like he's got a little Reaper cheap mouse with a, uh, a, a, a verse at the end of every video. <laughs> oh, wow. uh, so I, I like that. But he has a great video right now, which is titled How to Help Your Hospital Fight COVID-19 Locally. And it's all about uh, geeky, nerdy tech uh, maker type people 
banding together locally to help your local uh, hospitals and medical facilities for providing things they need. So one thing, he lives in Huntsville, Alabama. They're not on anybody's top list of providing extra, you know, personal protective equipment to hospitals, that sort of things like from the government. So they're, they got together with a bunch of people with 3D printers and they're making the face masks. But you can't just make face masks and drop them off. They have to be properly sterilized and assembled. And and so he goes through this video how they kind of created this process and they've open sourced it so anyone can recreate what they've done for for organizing people to do this sort of stuff and getting people of all different skills together and not just making stuff in, that and foisting it on the hospitals, but working with the hospitals. What do you need from us? And he's trying to get uh, people all over the country to in their local communities to to work together to do this. So check out this video. It's it's very interesting. Think of what you could do. Frankly, I'm kind of thinking maybe I should have a 3D printer, given how how much 3D printers have been contributing to helping in this, So, uh, which is really neat. So uh, check that out. I'll have a link in the show notes to that, or you can look for Smarter Every Day on YouTube. My my regular pick is uh, something I've recently got since we're all Zooming now. Uh, and uh, you may not like the view that your laptop gives, your laptop webcam, or even your, your big computer's webcam, if it has one. Uh, the angles are not always ideal. They're not eye level. So you're, you're kind of looking up or someone's people looking up your nose uh, while you're, <laughs> while you're, uh, you're communicating via video. So I looked and there is, I found a, a the InnoGear webcam stand. It's, I found it on Amazon. And what it is, is it's, it's got a heavy base, like a microphone stand, for, like a desktop stand. It's got a telescoping neck so it can raise it up and down. And it's got a gooseneck so that you can bend it. So with a, uh, a a standard camera mount like the like uh, the the little screw mount at the top that that most webcams have on it. So I have a Logitech webcam and it screws right into the base of it. And so I've got it exactly at eye level now. And now I can stand it like sort of in front of my monitor a little bit so that I'm looking directly at the people I'm talking to when I'm doing you know a, a webcam or video a live stream instead of you know looking down or or you know or some weird angle so and it's not that expensive it was it was 17 dollars. and so if if the, wow. if you find you're gonna you're doing a lot of this lately or you want to do more of it uh for if priests are going to be live streaming masses i've seen a lot of masses live stream for like i'm an ant standing on the altar <laughs> you, yeah. you do what you can with what you got i know i know but this is a way to kind of take it one step up and and get something a little uh a little better for you and it's not that expensive so just want to recommend checking that out. Awesome. So a lot of a lot of great picks, a lot of great conversation. I thank you both for that. Uh, as we as we wrap things up, I do want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create Secrets of Technology, including this week, Stuart, Daryl, William, Jeremy, and Joanne. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the Secrets of Technology in all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So if you have anything you want to contribute to this discussion, you have any uh, response or feedback, we'd love to receive it. You can comment on the show at sqpn.com slash technology or the SQPN Facebook page, facebook.com slash Media. Soon to have a Facebook group, maybe? Check it out. Or send us an email to technology at sqpn.com. 
And you'll find links to everything we talked about, the headlines and the picks of the week on our show notes at sqpn.com. Please remember to like each episode of Secrets of Tech on Facebook, retweet it on Twitter where we're at SQPN and leave comments. That all helps us goose that social media algorithm and get out in front of more folks. So until next time, Father Andrew Kinstetter, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. Absolutely, and have a blessed triduum. Thank you. Pat Scott, thank you as well. Adios from Texas. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Technology on StarQuest.